Hi, this is Stacey Greenberg of Interior and Design LLC, talking with Amy J from Chasing Dreams. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and you are listening to episode 112 of Chasing Dreams. Today, I have a new friend for you guys, and I'm kind of excited because I've never, I don't think I've ever really talked about this area of Dream Chasers, the interior design side of things. So, guys, I want you to welcome <laughs> Stacy Greenberg, the host of the Inside Outlook podcast. As an interior designer, Stacy has spent many years speaking with the various trades and people associated with building renovations and new construction. She has talked to everyone from architects and contractors to fabric manufacturers and furniture makers. The Inside Outlook is the show where she talks about all things interior and design with those very same people. And we had a conversation at MapCon, which is, I I was so intrigued because she has over 35 years of experience in this area and I've actually never met an interior designer except what I see on TV. So this was really cool for me. Stacey, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're so welcome. You made it sound so spooky. <laughs> I did not. I mean, I, th- I went for intriguing. I've never an interior designer before. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, cute. it's cute. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. We're not strange people. Yes, we are. But some of us are, are really good people and we, we're a lot of fun to talk to. So we're You're kind of like unicorns, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. You're a little bit hard. To, I'm like, I, I only I see it on TV all the time. Right. There's so many shows. But in person, maybe it's because I don't have any kind of in- I haven't done any interior design or redecorating of my, my apartment or anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, this is neat. I, it's awesome. I let me I think let me st- for people who are not really involved in, uh, I guess, my industry there. It is a sort of a mystical, you know, but it's so different than you have your vision of, say, acting. Right. True. Theater, True. Uh, you know, making a movie because you're not really involved with that. But if you really learn the background, the processes of it, it, you know, the magic sort of goes away because it's work, you know. It's no different than anybody else's industry. But yes, it's it's kind of sexy. It's kind of fancy. It's kind of whatever, if that's what you do. Not all of us do the fancy, sexy stuff. But, it's, do the, you, know. but you enjoy it, right? Yeah. I hate this phrase, truly, truly. You know, what are you passionate about? But I am. I tried to walk away. I tried to do other things in my life. I just keep coming back to it. It's sort of in my blood. It's what I like. It's what I'm good at. Um, I feel like I have a lot to give in it. So why fight that, you know? Well- how good was your effort to walk away? <laughs> no, there were years where it was bad. You know, 08 was horrible for a lot of us in my industry. My industry, architecture, interior design, building, we're the first ones to feel bad economy. So the pipelines start closing up a little bit, and then we're the last ones to come back, you know. Uh, sure. Yeah, that makes so, sense. 
so there have been years where I didn't do well. You know, it was a real struggle. And, um, you know, I'm not swimming in it now, but, you know, it's it's always still a struggle. You're always chasing work. You know, you chase yeah. your dreams. <laughs> You're chasing work. And that in itself, it's like anybody who's running their own business. There's the doing of that industry, that work. And then there's the running of the business. There, it's actually a whole job to to find clients, you know, market, do all the things that have to do with running a business. So, so have you always wanted to be an interior designer? Has that been a childhood no. dream, a college dream? No. Yeah, it was a really weird. You you want to hear that story? Is a really it's a goofy story. I do. I was always going to be an actress. You know, I was going to be the next best thing to. But 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 it was different. Nobody. You got your 15 minutes of fame, but it wasn't as easy as it was back then, like it is now. You could stumble into something, and you you have absolutely no talent. You're still gonna. You still can make it. You know, I was struggling as to what to do, and in my family, we used to play a game called Doctor Doolittle. And if for the older folk, they know the original Dr. Doolittle was based on with Rex Harrison and Emma. So somebody I forget her last name. And it was on a ship and they were chasing the big, great white snail. And this Emma stowed away on board um, Dr. Doolittle's ship and he was going to go find the great white sea snail. And so they found her and I'm just kind of going through it fast. And they have these huge globe and they spun the globe. They put a, a blindfold on her and she stuck a hat pin in. And that's where they went to go search for the great sea snail. So my sister and I, whenever we were bored and looking for something to do, we'd say, let's play Dr. Doodle. So we blindfold our, whoever the person was. And, you know, we'd spin something or flip a book open. And, you know, we just, that, that's how we played it. So one day I complained to her, I'm really I'm not going to be doing theater. I can see I'm not going to be doing theater anymore. I don't know what to do with my life. We were talking about a lot of years ago. And um, she said, let's play Dr. Doolittle. So we pulled out the wine. And she was <laughs> going to Parsons at the time. Advanced Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. And uh, she pulled out her Parsons uh, uh, course selector. You know, she was going to Parsons. So we had some wine, put the blindfold on and, you know, I slammed my hand down. That's the sound of my hand slamming. And um, it opened up to interior design. And she said, that's perfect for you. You're always helping people with their apartments and their decor and what have you. And so I, she said, just take a class, get used up, get interested in something. So I did. And I never looked back. I took to it like a duck to water. I just loved it. I loved the drawing. They didn't have drawing on computers in those days. It was all hand drawing. And um, I drafted, that's what we call drafting, for architects and designers for many years. I really loved it. I took it to it right away. So I never looked back. And um, the funny thing is, I realize I've always been in the visual arts anyway, all my life. Um, my daughter is deaf and I took a bunch of uh, sign language classes uh, as she began to lose her hearing more and more. And I realized I need to communicate with her. That's a very visual language. You sure, know, yeah. I've never steered from the path. That's what I'm saying. No matter what I've ever done in my life, I've always stayed on the visual arts path. You know, I think it's a thing. It's in you, you know. I got to say, I'd love that you use Dr. Doolittle's method <laughs> to pick your path. And, and this is the thing I love. It's not just that it worked out. It worked out because it was something you were passionate about. I, it was an accident, honestly. But yeah, the minute, it's kind of odd how that's what came open because she was in textile design. And that's not something I think I was interested in. I, I'm 
could have been good at it. I don't know. But she said, that's perfect for you. You know, and it's a true story. That's exactly how I picked my first class. And if she hadn't been going to Parsons, maybe this never would have happened. I don't know. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. So, yeah, I don't know. And it, I just never looked back. And I began to work for other people. You know, I did the apprentice years. Gosh, I don't know. I, I had my own company on and off for many years. I really got into, I, I subscribed to the notion of the design build approach. A lot of designers and architects that I know, um, what they'll do is they'll design in their studio and they just never apply it in the real world. So it's always heartbreaking when you put a design together and a client doesn't want to do it remotely close to what you design because it's not realistic. I design things knowing full well what they're going to cost and how they're going to be built. That's a more of a design build approach because I think it saves a lot of steps and it kind of, especially with these days, how we draw through the computer on software like AutoCAD, things like that. I think it just lends itself to that, you know, but I've been doing it for too many years. I can't design another way. So when you were initially, you were saying that this is the part I also find interesting. You didn't mm -hmm. have the computer method when you first yeah. started started on the board right big, big wood boards with big uh scale you know uh straight edges when i went to parsons i had a little mobile little you know carry guy uh yeah for years i found just recently we moved and i found some of my old drawings i was a good drafter i had good uh drawings it was an art it's Basically, still an art but, but you know. essentially like if all the technology went down in the world you could still sure. do your job because you're familiar with that yeah, well, that's true artistry and skilled people. I know a lot of architects who just doodle on the, you know, it's it's true. This is a stereotype, but there's a reason. They're, we're always, design, good designers are always doodling. We, we're always doing that. On napkins um, and stuff like that? Yeah, anywhere. You know, you, it shouldn't matter. I haven't really been doing that for a while. I kind of just go right to the computer. But um, yeah, it's it's a good designer can design a paper napkin for God's sakes. You know, it doesn't matter where they're designing and what they're designing. They design. That's how it works. Yeah. So was it easy though? I mean, to go from a method that you were familiar with by hand, you know, old school method to learning the computer method. I mean, was that something you took classes for? It was a trial and error. Did you have yeah. to? No, how that worked is we, I started a company with a, a number of people. It was actually the coolest thing I ever did. It was sort of like a commune. We had every kind of industry there. We had the mechanical engineer, we had the architect, we had the structural engineer, we had me, the interior designer. We, we were like sort of a one-stop shop. We, we, you know, uh, we, we call a turnkey uh, approach. So we had everybody there. So if a client was putting a big, and we did a lot of big uh, facilities, um, big projects. So we, you know, we could take it care of it all. And, um, the architect, uh, Jimmy Montefort, he was fabulous. I have nothing but love for that man. He and I joined forces and he hired a, a young man who had just finished AutoCAD, um, in school. So it was still kind of new, you mm -hmm. know, it was still newfangled. So we hired him. So we were going to start the transition from drawing on the board paper to, computer drawing, but you know, we knew it wouldn't happen overnight. So we took uh, lessons from this kid at night. So we would do our thing during the daytime and then he would stay and give us a uh, lesson. So we got to the point where it was happening for a couple of weeks. And, um, I just said, you know, it's now or never, if I don't commit myself to a project, 
um, never going to do this. So I locked myself in my office for a while and took the next job project we were working on. And I forced myself to only do it on the computer. And um, that's one way of jumping into the deep end. That's how exactly how I did it. Uh, so I never looked back on that either. You know, um, I kind of stopped doing hand drawings. And then so the idea is everything, everybody who we hired, we shared a drafting pool, you know, drafters, everybody we hired from then on in. We were looking for people who could draw on the computer. So we were transitioning just like it's just like uh, companies do now. You know, people have been working on AutoCAD for years. Well, the new sure. biggest thing is Revit. That's the new, and 3D Max. And so now I see that a lot of these companies who really don't you know, that's, they're transitioning to that. So now they only want Revit. Whereas back in the day, it was only AutoCAD. That was the big drawing program. So is that something you do now? Like you're, you're learning yeah. that as well? I mean, is that something? Uh, I learned Revit already. I did. I'm not very proficient on it. I'm not quick. And I don't think that's the best use of my time sure. because I'm a designer. I think if somebody really wants a whole project done in Revit, I can outsource that and freelance it out and I can do some of it, but you know, I would never take a job that it can only be doing done in Revit because that would be scary for me. And it's, you know, it's not necessary. Uh, also what I do, you know, a lot of Revit can be trans, uh, can be saved to an AutoCAD um, program. So I can take a Revit drawing and work in it in AutoCAD. Um, I'm really good in AutoCAD. I can take, I can do things in AutoCAD that a lot of people don't do. I'll do like rendered, um, you know what an elevation is? Yes. Okay. So it's like a flat, you know, view, flat drawing. Mm -hmm. And I'll pull some objects out and sort of give it a perspective view. And I render those. They they look almost as good as rendered, you know, fully rendered rooms. Um, and it saves, a, I can do those very quickly and uh, save the client a lot of money because if I have to provide them a 3D rendering, it's going to cost them a lot more money. And sometimes I don't think it's necessary. I the, think, you know, yeah. The reason I'm asking about all these and, and the changes you're going through, it mm -hmm. seems like your passion has been the design, the technology yeah. changing throughout isn't something that was going to deter you, it sounds like. The technology is making it really harder to do my job. And what I mean by that is it's really more the approach. I, did I say this to you at MapCon, how, uh, how I feel about HGTV? No. Okay. So HGTV and that whole reality show, flipping houses, all that stuff, it's killing my industry because it's giving people a false understanding of the process of design, of building, of architecture. A lot of it's just false. It's not the way it goes. You cannot do a project in a weekend. It's not for a couple of hours. You know, I watch some of these shows. I don't watch them regularly, but, you know, I might be at my nail place and they have it on, you know, and I sit That's there and coming. I shake my head. It's yeah. terrible because it's not real. And actually some of these are, they're bad builders. You know, there's some bad reports that have come out of some of these. I won't name the shows, but you know, and so people who have integrity, they're doing work with quality work and, and with integrity. It's frustrating. It's like, you know, the bad apples in the bunch kind of a thing. Yeah. HD, that's technology. I consider that, I lump that in with technology because people have a false idea. And I'll give you a really good example of this. I have a client who hired me to do their house. So we're going to do it in stages. So right now we're focusing on the master bedroom and the dining room. Those seems to be, those two rooms are the more prevalent for various reasons I don't need to get into. So we're working on it and I just got hired, just got hired. And all of a sudden late at night, I'm getting like emails with reams of like links to different furnitures. I didn't even start the job yet really. And all I'm getting is I like this chair. I like that. Okay, let me design the job first and then 
let me show you what I have my vision for you is. And I heard you. I'm clear about what you like. But, you know, let's let's see what I present to you. I've never even gotten a chance to design. All she really wants me to do is approve her selections. That's in the end what they really want because she can go online and buy it. So she buys this one chair, which I think is really cool. It's a really good looking chair, but it's not quality and it's, it's, it's bad quality. And, um, it's not appropriate for the room because the room needs a bigger, uh, I'll use the word meteor chair. It needs something heavier. And it's a, this, what she picked out is very thin and slimline. It's not, it doesn't really fit in the room. Cool chair, like it, just not for that room. And, um, she likes it. It's, it's what we're going to end up using. She's the client. It's her house. But it's frustrating for me because I know that that room needs something better. I'm not going to get to be my best interior design self. So I have to now make what she likes, which wasn't there before, by the way. Huh. So she didn't even give me a chance to go ahead and design. And that's what I'm coming. I'm seeing that more and more because there's so much available online. Everybody and I don't mean this in a bad way, but everybody thinks they're a designer. Okay, go. Then you don't need to hire me. That's my point. Why are you hiring me? Let me do my job for you. You hired me. And then see what 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 vision I have. And then say, oh, I don't think I like that chair. You know, but she she discounts everything I, I show her because she's already countering it with five other chairs. If I'm just using chairs as the example. And it's just because they can do it because you have all and she'll bring it up. She goes, well, I saw this on a show and I really like that. Mm. I'm like, OK, it's, that room is nothing like your room. Could we you know? and, could we equate this to like people who self-diagnose themselves? <laughs> yeah. Right. Because yeah. technology is there. WebMD is there. And it's like. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And I, I can't get mad because it's their house and, they, and the Internet's for everybody and you have a right to do it. But then don't hire me. Why are you hiring me? Or say to me, look, I, I'm a little scared of my choices. Can we can you just help me put this together? OK, that's a different type of job. Sure. But that's you know, and I had that conversation with them. So, yeah, I agree. We could equate it to that because it's just she's I think she's a frustrated designer and her husband. I totally I think he agrees with me. So now I've got to play marriage counselor. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I like my commercial jobs a little bit more because it's more of a business approach. And um, I love doing the hotels and the corporate buildings and restaurants and things like that. So there's a different agenda, you know. Well, so it sounds like HGTV is a little bit misleading in the Way sense, misleading. right? Because a job that they may cut and paste together 30, mm -hmm. half hour, whatever, yeah. an hour show is actually something that truly should take weeks, months, something like that. Process, like everything, everything's a process. Okay. So I met with one of the original designers from Trading Spaces. It was one of the original uh, reality shows. One of the first ones, yeah. You remember that with yep. Paige? She was the cute little girl with the oh, mind. Like Paige, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I met with one of the designers. I said, wow, that, that show must have been really great for your business. She goes, no, it was one of the worst things I ever did. I said, why? She said, because people would call up and want that $1,000 room for $1,000. And you know, I knew right away what she meant. There's no way that room was a thousand dollars. You had people that were donating to get their advertising on the show. You had interns that spent, I don't know, weeks, months, whatever, putting the stuff together. It just is not the same. I, I can't walk into a room and tell you we're going to do this, 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 and this. It's, 
and and be be professional and 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 give you good design. I can tell you right off the bat, a few things will hit me right away. I get a sense or I get a feel, you know, um, for instance, this client I'm telling you about, they have two story dining room, gorgeous, gorgeous wall to floor to uh, ceiling windows. It's a stunning room, but it's, and it's very architecturally heavy. It's got a lot of architectural details. You got, you have to honor that. You have to at least be aware of it. I knew right away when I walked into that room, we were going to have to have taller chairs, heavier table. I don't know what it was, but I just knew right away. That's not what she likes. So, you know, we've got an issue because she her, her dining room is going to be very off balance. Okay. It doesn't matter if it's a dining room. I'm just saying that's the room you're working on. It's anything. There's a thing that happens. You've got to have balance. You have to have, you know, do you have a lot of light? Do you have no light? You know, do I have to add the light and what kind of light? What's the use of the room? These are things that legitimately come into play for when you're doing a design. Um, those shows never show that. They may explain a few things, but it's all based on the TV and the and what's good TV. That's really what I'm trying to say. It sounds all negative, but, you know, they're fun. I like to see what they come up with, but there's like, a, just because they're showing you one way, there's also three, four other ways it could be done, you know? Sure. Depends on the space, what the needs of the client are. Okay, and I'll, and I'll tell you, I use this example for a lot of people when they're, they say, well, how do you work? Okay. Say I have a client who's a basketball player and he's a really tall guy because that's a normal for a basketball player. Like he's eight feet high, okay? And I'm five foot two. He wants his li- he wants a basketball court in his living room. Well, first of all, it's his space, so he gets to have that. And then I'm going to look at his, his house. Let's say he's doing it in his house in his living room. Okay, if he has high enough ceilings, we can do that. If he doesn't, I'm going to let him know that. That's not going to work. I... I'm not a basketball player. I, it wouldn't even remotely occur to me to want that in my living room. Right. Two different clients, two different needs to, you see what I'm saying? Those are extreme examples. Right. You, you have to design for the client, not for your taste or whatever. Um, but there are things that are just obvious. If you want a basketball court in your living room, you better have high ceilings. And if you don't have them, come on, let's, you know, Let's talk about making it outside. You know what I mean? It's it's not reasonable. You have to have a certain amount of feet and, um, you know, to accommodate that. So now one, one, of, one of the things you said, though, was that, you know, 2008 was not a good time. You know, I'm sure for a, there lot, are, of for a lot of people, especially in your industry, I'm sure that's the case uh, probably later on. I'm sure it hasn't rebounded where everything's flowers and daisies. No. How have you not let that stop you, though, from doing this, from doing what you're passionate about? I have friends that are giving me the talk, you know, it's time to let your dreams go. It's time to, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't say it exactly that way, but, you know, you don't have to hit me on the head with a brick. I I get it. You know, I should be taking a job. Actually, I had one friend that said that to me. You know, most people at this point would be taking a job at, I don't know, what's a big firm Comcast, you know, for customer service, uh, you know, person and, and you can still do your interior design thing on the side. And I'm like, that's a hobby. That's not a business. You know, I don't know how to do anything else. And, and yeah, there's rough times. I'm not going to stop it. You know what I learned? And I'll, I'll tell you this story real quick. I don't know how much time we have, but, we have time. um, okay. So I was, you know, been going through a rough time the last couple of years. I had an interview. I thought, okay, well, I'll take a job with someone. I have worked for other people, so it's, I don't have a problem being an employee. I just want to be in my industry. Sure. Um, 
So I got an interview with a really well-known designer in Philly. I was out of my mind with excitement. Okay. I couldn't wait. I was like, I was working two hours away for a company I was not happy in, uh, still doing interior design, but they were just not a great company. So I was not plus two hour drive. It was, I was miserable. So this was like coming home. You know, I was going to be, I'm, I'm about maybe 10, 15 minutes outside of Philly. So I was, I felt very excited about that. So I go to the interview, I walk in the door and I knew within seconds, I didn't belong there. I didn't know why, but it kind of freaked me out. <laughs> That's some weird little vibe. It was, it was a weird empathic thing. I had no idea what was going. I was like, I don't belong here. But okay. I went through the interview. She offered me the job, but she offered me a job in production. So production is when you're younger and you don't really, you know, you don't have a lot of years of experience and not as creative. I didn't, I realized I showed her the wrong stuff. So some of that was on me. I didn't show her like very creative stuff because I hadn't really been doing a lot of creative stuff lately. I'd just been doing more production work. So she said, if you have anything else to show me, send it to me. But otherwise, that's what I'm going to offer you. Okay, great. I, that didn't bother me as much. But I, I left and I and I got into my car and I had myself a good cry. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I just got offered a job in one of the most prestigious design firms in Philadelphia. You love this. You know, this person has a good rap. What's wrong? You know, you could you could start tomorrow kind of thing. And. I calmed down. I sat in the parking lot for a good 15 minutes, just, you know, really let it go. I'm like, all right, what's wrong with me? I knew the minute I walked in that door, something was wrong. I didn't belong there. I didn't know why. And then I, I really gave myself a good talking to and, and, and really looked inside and I, and it came to me and I understood what was going on. She was at the same level. I was at the same level as her in terms of skill set and mm-hmm. ability. We're at the same level. I just wasn't at her success. Hmm. She's very successful, very well known. I'm not going to say her name, but you know she's got a good rap, um, uh, good work, and I would and most people would kill to work for her, you know. And I realized the problem is it wasn't that I, I just I wasn't at her at her success. That's all. But I was at her level. I'm like, so should I do it? Should I give it up? I'm like, nope, I didn't take the job, huh. and because I felt like it would just be going for one more place, doing one more th- one doing another stint at a place that wasn't for me, you know, wasn't for my own way of doing things. I'm a good designer and I really feel like I could give my clients what they need. It's just been rough. That's all marketing wise and and jobs, but it has nothing to do with my skill set. And I have to keep reminding myself that. So you're, you know, your whole show is about chasing your dreams. I don't know that I'm chasing them anymore. I'm just trying to maintain and hold on and, and, and not get distracted and pulled away. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're still paddling. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not a negative thing. I just, I believe in myself. I don't think, I, I don't think I'd be happy doing anything else. I really don't. That's know? wise though. I mean, I, that there's wisdom in the fact that you've realized that about your circumstance. Cause I, yeah. if you had taken that job, I, it, I probably would have been a step back for you and mentally. I, feel that. I really did. I, I got that loud and clear. Yeah. And I had to really sit and think long and hard. And I'm like, you could, you're not happy in the job you're in now because you're driving two hours and they're really not, they, they just were not nice people. Okay. They were really bad bosses. So that was one thing. But honestly, I just really, I, I mean, I had to get honest with myself. I was like, what's the deal? And I realized that's what it was. It was just, you weren't at the success, but it has nothing to do with your ability. You just have to figure out a way to do this. That's all. And this is not where you're going to do this. So it kind of made me feel better because, yeah, I really got clear on what I know and what I don't know about myself and, you know, what I'm looking for. 
So that's it. That's my spiel, you know? It sounds easy, right? When, <laughs> when you say it, I got to say, it sounds like, you know, obvious, but a lot of people struggle with that in, in the fact that yeah. you've got a vibe just, just from getting there. I mean, oftentimes people will see that someone else in a similar lane further ahead doing better and be like, you know what? Uh, one envious of that Two, maybe, I'll, maybe it'll work for me if I work for them. And yeah, well, because you're listen, any, any intelligent person, which I consider myself intelligent, it's not a terrible thing. If you go in a, into a job, even if it's not in your industry or what you're good at, because you should always take away, there's always a learning opportunity. You know, everything I've ever done in my life informs my interior design selfish, you know, self thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just, if you know, that's not where you belong. Uh, I mean, I guess it's good to eat and have a food for your head and that, you know, you're right. It, things have to happen that way, but I just, I'm too old to do that now. I don't want to work five jobs, you know, yeah. and the way things are in this economy, you got to do it. You got to have what they call multiple streams of income. So I thought about that. I said I could take this job and still do my own thing, but I don't think with her, I could have done that. So it would have been, I would have been stuck in production, which means you would have been at that computer from like nine to five or nine to six, and you wouldn't be doing anything else. That is not the life I want to lead. I did that already. I did those years, you know, I put my time in like that and, um, yeah, you just got to work it out. That's all. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident because I'm not 21 anymore. You know, I mean, at 21, I wasn't this confident. I, I didn't <laughs> know that much about myself. But you know? I, I think there's a reason for that, right? There's, there's experience for you yeah. and there's self-awareness. I mean, there's nothing wrong with taking that job if you're aware of why you're taking it. Yeah. You know, this is true. Yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to doing, you know, other things that have nothing to do with my interior designs life and, and just to make money. We all do it. You know, again, multiple streams. I get it. But I think it has to support my life. I don't I, I don't think I could go into some factory or work at Comcast and customer service. I I don't know. I mean, I have I have a friend who does um, uh, that legal shield, you know, that have you heard of that? That like legal zoom? Maybe. It's like a, like Amway, <laughs> you know, where it's multi-line, multi-level selling. So they asked me, you know, they kept coming out. Friends of mine were doing it and they kept coming after me. They, you know, multiple streams, multiple streams. Yeah, but I don't, I don't support it. So I, and the point is I can't do things that I don't believe in. And, you know, maybe I'm going to starve a little bit more than other people, but I just, I can't, I'm not a salesperson and I know everybody sells their stuff. Yeah. When I'm selling my work, my, my stuff, I'm in it 110%, all in, no doubt about it, because I believe in what I'm doing. Right, you stand behind it. Yeah. And, and even if I've made a mistake, I know how to fix it, and, or I'll attempt to fix it, or I'll do what I have to do. But I don't want to sell other people's stuff, because I, unless I believe in it, you know, I, I don't know. Like, at that conference, um, I met one of these guys who's doing... Uh, it's like a tiny house. It's a tiny office. Oh gosh. What's his name? Oh, that's bad. Cause I really like him. I'm sorry. Whoever, if you're listening to this, I really apologize. I can't, come up. I can't remember his name, but he's doing like mobile offices, like little, you know, like tiny houses, but tiny offices. I love it. Love it. Love it. And I said, whatever I can do to help you. Cause I support it. I right. totally believe it. I said, in fact, if there's any possibility that I could 
do some design work for you, please let me know. I would love to get involved because I, I totally buy into this. Okay. And I think it's a good way to go for people who can't afford a full office or they might be, mo they need to be mobile. I think it's a fabulous idea. I feel bad that I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. It's going to, it's all right. It'll come to you like in a few moments, yeah. I'm sure. So, uh, I, so I have a question. Have you, sure. is there a bucket list kind of project you would want to work on that you haven't hit yet, but maybe down the road it might happen, but it's one of those things you wish you could do. Um, so much. <laughs> yeah. Can you give us an example? Uh, there's just so many things I haven't done. I'd like to, you know, well, I don't know if I, did I tell you this, that we moved into an RV? No. Okay. So one of my goals was to downsize and it's not because I'm this minimalist or, uh, you know, I, I, the, and I do believe in like reducing my carbon footprint, but the fact is that if you're in an RV, you're mobile. So I don't know how much of that is reducing your carbon footprint, but I just wanted to do it for a couple of years. I wanted to be on the road. I wanted to change my life. And so, um, we got rid of the house and my daughter's 24 and she lives with me and we live well together. So you, I don't think you can do this with somebody you don't like, or you don't get along with. So, cause it's living small. And we live in an RV right now and I'm ready to go at a moment's notice. See, the idea is the kind of work I do, like say it's a hotel. Well, none of us who do hotel work or restaurants or big corporate buildings, we don't necessarily always live near where the projects are. You know, it's not a requirement of what we do because that's what they make planes and trains and cars for. You know what I mean? You can go and go to the property. And I've done this before. Where you go to the property, you take your measurements, you have your meetings with the teams, whatever. Then you go back to your office and you do the work and you may have to go out there one or two more times, whatever. But yes, people travel, especially people who do hotels, they travel all over the world. It's very common for design uh, architects. It's very common. So I was kind of trying to put my life together or, you know, guide my life into that. So this is Sora on the bucket list of, you know, so I get a hotel out in the middle of the country somewhere, you know, we get in the RV and we go and we can stay there for a little while. And then we go to the next job or we just go live different places and I can still do what I do because they still make cars, planes and trains. You know what I'm sure, saying? Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's my goal. So we did it. We're living in the RV. I'm kind of excited. People are like, why? I'm like, I love it. I, it's not, I do not miss my stuff at all. I thought I was going to miss my stuff. You know, I'm impressed that you don't stuff. miss your stuff. I mean, that's, I, I thought I would think nope. I would miss my stuff. Nope. You think you will, but you don't. Um, we both like to cook. That's the only thing I legitimately miss. So the bucket list is to get maybe a nicer looking kitchen in my RV, mm -hmm. but um, because it is a small situation, but we, we've made accommodations i am after all a very good interior designer so we <laughs> change things <laughs> maybe i miss my little comfy lounge chair in my bedroom but you know what i gave up a whole other stuff for that so i'll get over it um no i i really you know i feel like if you're gonna talk about it just do it already you know well, so you did, I did it. it i did it you did I, it. I know i a lot of my friends think i'm absolutely crazy <laughs> like uh. why you do that because I wanted to. And that's all that matters, truly. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Stacey, I loved having you on the show, but before I let you go, I have to ask what is one thing you would tell or recommend a dream chaser do in chasing their dreams? You know, if you're going to chase your dreams, you really, really, and I, I'll put it in big fat capital letters, you really 
have to be committed to it because there's going to be so many things coming at you that are going to make you question whether this is the right path or is it good enough for, you know, like I have a workshop I'm trying to develop because I really believe that the DIYers, the HGTV people, they are here to stay. And for me to ignore them is insane. So how do I work with them? So I developed a workshop. Uh, I really, really believe in it. And I know it's been hard to get it off the ground and I'm still working on it, but I'm not giving up because I really believe it's going to help bridge uh, designers and HGTV DIYers. You know what a DIYer is, right? Do-it-yourselfers. Yeah. And they are here. It's a whole industry. You cannot ignore it. So I think if you're going to chase your dream, you really, really need to be fully committed. It can't be a hobby. You, you know, yeah, you can have it as a hobby, but then that's not really chasing a dream. You you want to do something, you, you better be prepared to not have people support you and try to talk you out of it, be negative about it, because people will do that. Hold on and do your research, you know. Definitely do your research, but if you get good at what you're doing, I mean, I've had almost 40 years to get good at it, so I'm not going anywhere. Just be good at it, be confident in your skill set, and um, you know, do it with integrity. Work from integrity, a place of integrity, because that's what you're taking to the grave with you. You're not taking anything else. I don't care how much money you have, how how cool your RV is, or your car is, or whatever. You're not taking any of that to the grave. The thing you're taking to the grave, I really truly believe this, is how you lived your life, the integrity. And that's how people remember you. So work your life that way. That, that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm, it's not, you know, all woo-woo. It's really how I feel. No, I love it. I love it. And that's some great advice for everyone, mm-hmm. especially live your life with integrity, guys. Yeah. Get good at what you do and live it with integrity because that's it. It's all on you. There's no, when you peel all the other stuff away, that's what's left. Well, Stacey, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your story. I loved it. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking with you. And Dream Chasers, that was Stacy Greenberg. What an awesome story. I've, I've honestly, first interior designer to talk to, and I loved every minute of it. And hopefully you guys learned something too, because she was full of great advice, okay? So you can learn more about Stacy and what she's doing over on the show notes page at chasingdreamshq.com slash episode 112. That's episode 112. Till next time, Dream Chasers, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's aimeej one Be sure to visit headquarters over at chasingdreamshq.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.